I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, here we are, just a bunch of 30-year-olds. Look, turning 30 is not that big a deal. Oh, really? Is that how you felt when you turned 30? Why, God, why? I want to be 30. 30 and flirty and thriving. Oh, my God. Having the baby at 37 was so much harder. 30 years old? Jesus Christ, somebody get this geriatric some metanusal. Why does everyone make such a big fuss about turning 30? This is not a big deal. 30 is when I feel like my life started making sense. I definitely know more now that I'm 38. Here are some things that I've learned in my 30s. Hello, welcome to Talk 30 to Me. Thanks so much for tuning in again. I'm Christy Hayes, joined by my fabulous co-host and husband, Justin coombs Pierce. Hey there, that's me. Hello, that is you, right? It is. Hey, Jay, we've had some pretty cool guests on this show so far. We've had Tamin Sursok. Yes. Uh, Australian and American actress from Pretty Little Liars and Home Noir and whatnot, and she's a superstar over in the States. The one and only Rebecca Elmaloglu. Yeah, that was a big fun chat too, wasn't it? Becky's awesome. I love her. She has taught me so much, as, as has Tamin. But I did think to myself, you know what? What we need on this series is a great guy, a man, someone who can mm. talk about his journey because I know he has reinvented himself a lot throughout his life. This series is all about what we've learned in our 20s, how we've applied that in our 30s and so on and, and, and whatnot. And I've got a few questions to ask him too. Do you? Okay. Yeah, I do. I have a good feeling I know what they might be because this guy <laughs> is absolutely incredible. Uh, like I said, he has reinvented himself. He has a background as a chiropractor. He's a doctor, but he's a very yeah. strong media personality. He's a wonderful actor. He played, of course, Pierce on Neighbours. He did. Who was my fiance on the show? When He's I was one of on those Neighbors. blokes that makes ordinary blokes like me look really bad. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to say anything, but there is that too. Uh, he's also an overall amazing guy, very proud father and husband. He's, of course, Dr. Tim Robards. Hello, Tim. G'day, guys. How are you? Good. Do we introduce you as Dr. Tim or Dr. Tim Tam? <laughs> I'm like one of, yeah. I'm like one of those, um, like the dentist, you know, I'm not a real doctor, but I sort of am, but I'm not, but I am. A bit Ross Geller. Of course you're a doctor. I only pull it out every every now and then when I need to, you know. Like one of your pickup lines. No, I'm kidding. Timbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are so happy that you're here. I mean, I know that you're so busy. Everything's been crazy for you. Of course, you're a married man and a new father. Congratulations, by the way. Thanks. You're so welcome. Thanks so much for fitting us in. This is a, a series where we really like to talk to incredible people. And you have such a great story. I mean, I love that you're a doctor and putting all jokes aside because you are a doctor and an actor and obviously do so much. You've also got the Robards method, which is your fitness situation. Is there anything that you can't do? Like genuinely, is there anything that you can't do? Because you're a talented I've, I've guy. I've always been, yeah, I, did, yeah I, I guess I've always kind of been like okay at a lot of things, but not really good at one thing. So it's kind of like being a blessing, but then also being a bad thing. I don't know, like growing up through school, I was kind of like always okay at sprinting, but I was okay at long distance i was okay like i was okay at everything but that made it really hard to work out what the hell do i want to do because i'm sort of okay at everything but i'm not really good at one thing but that's you know it took a while to kind of work out what my passions were but um it's kind of a challenge and a blessing at the same time mm-hmm. are you better than an okay that's- chiropractor 
<laughs> I'm, I'm the best chiropractor in Sydney. Okay, that's better. That's uh, better. We I'm, found it. I, I just yeah. <laughs> just wanted to check, just in case. <laughs> just in case anyone needs an adjustment. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm kind of like semi-retired, so I still work like once a fortnight, once a once a month. But um, but that's it. You know, just my my old term clients. Yeah, because you do still practice, don't you? I remember when Tim and I would mm. when we were neighbours a couple of years. Well, you were neighbours much longer than me, Tim. I just had a short stint here when I played your fiance. But we were talking about this, and you told me, am I right? you still had to have a certain amount of clients because you still had to maintain your title. You've got to do a certain amount of hours. Yeah. Yeah, like you've got to do a certain amount of hours and stuff to keep up your practice certificate. But then I kind of look at it and go, why do I want to keep that up? And it's it's not really, you know, one of the things Arnold Schwarzenegger says is get rid of your plan B. So I, I, I'm not really keeping it as my plan B, but it's something, it's who I identify as. I spent so long becoming a chiropractor and I am in my, like in my heart, I'm a chiropractor. It doesn't mean it has to be the one and only thing I do. I don't even mm. need to do it for mm. money. But, mm. and now I kind of don't. Like by the time I pay, it costs me about five grand a year for my insurance and yeah. other bits and pieces. And yeah. I probably make six grand a year. I don't think I <laughs> come up with, uh, you know, I think by the time you take your expenses out, I'm maybe making a thousand dollars a year, you know. Yeah. If you are better than really okay, you're not charging ahead. enough. That's all I could say. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm kind of at the point now. I'm like, I should pretty much just do it for charity, but then I'm yeah. still who's going to pay my insurance. Yeah. So um, I do it because I, I do actually enjoy it's not work work it is sometimes i usually do it on a saturday morning so if i get in there and get out before you know everyone else is ready for brekkie then it's, it's not work but yeah when it is when you're doing it full time it takes away from other things but at the moment once a fortnight it's fun it's enjoyable i love it these would be like old clients of yours i'm assuming too because imagine if like a new client yeah. I mean, rocked up and saw you I, <laughs> they'd be booking in a lot see what they should do if you want new clients is i've got an idea for a reality tv show for this we could just get 12 girls to no, he's been there, done that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's kind of hard. Like, I love I love the challenge of a new client, but then if they come in and go, right, you know, right, I really, you know, ideally probably need to see you in a couple of days or you need to see me in a couple of days. But I'm not here for another month, so, you know. Mm. Yeah. Stuff luck till then. Hard, so yeah. I have to do I have to do that's why I'm Sydney's best chiropractor because I have to fix everyone in one visit. I love and that. Have you got high caps at least? You know? <laughs> yeah, at least got that. But I oh, all my friends, when all my friends and family and everyone and neighbors wanted me to treat them, like I, that's I should have had a high caps machine because I was just working my butt off free there. <laughs> All right, well, speaking of neighbours, you know. just, just Tim, just quickly, I, there's an elephant in the room that I want to address here, okay? Uh-huh. And uh, mm-hmm. well, as we're talking about neighbours quickly, before we move into the crux of what this podcast is all about, what was it like kissing my wife? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Um, <laughs> it was... It was. Um, Be careful. It, I think that was, there was... Yeah, I'm trying... There was one oh, day... Hang on, I hope it was memorable. <laughs> It was yeah, it was delightful. There was, <laughs> there was one day where I had to kiss two of the girls, and it was, oh, it geez, was Christy tough. and yeah, and April on the same day. And I actually felt really normally as an actor, you switch on it's business, but then I just kind of felt really bad kissing two girls in the one day. I felt like a bit of a I don't know. Just you know. I didn't know about that storyline. I'm just going to pretend that didn't happen. But no, um, no, Christy was very professional, and uh, you know, it was kind of it was, it, we had a lot of fun on set with um, in a in a professional. Way. Yeah, of course. And Tim we had was... a lot of fights. I really liked fighting with you. You should have asked more like, what's it like fighting with your wife? That's I really all we like No, I know what that's like. I don't, need, <laughs> I don't need anyone to tell me what it's like to fight with her. Trust me. 
<laughs> That's all we did do, Tim. Hey, when we got to work together. And I remember when I found out I was going to work with Tim Robards, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I wonder what he's like. Obviously, I could see from, from television that you'd done before. I thought you were really nice and I'd yeah, stalked yeah. you and I loved your work. But Tim was so sweet. So I can understand why him doing this thing, you know, where you had to kiss two girls because he's Tim is quite what I know about you by nature traditional. He was really sweet and, and, and chivalrous. You know, Tim even opened the door for people. Like, you just don't see that sort of stuff anymore. Don't worry, honey. You've got all those things too. You're oh, chivalrous. Thank you. Thank you. You're chivalrous you. as well. And like I said, makes every other guy look feel bad about themselves. But, um, yeah. But there was, we did have one. That, well, there was one funny day. I was going to say, there was one funny day where I had to go to work and I didn't have, I had one scene, I think. I didn't have any words. It was literally a kissing scene. <laughs> so I went to work with this, and then I left. I didn't have any words. I felt like the worst actor in the world. Um, no, uh, just tell me you nailed the kissing scene. That, that, that's all that matters. Yeah, well, we did a few takes. <laughs> um, and acting, Tim, acting is one thing that you loved, and I think you're really good. Like when we were down on set, um, and you were on Neighbours again, like a lot longer than I was. You were so prepared. You carried your iPad around. I remember that. You were always wanting to run lines with different people and, and put this insane work ethic that you had, which doesn't surprise me at all. So I know that you did leave filming Neighbours. Your character Pierce stayed on, played by another Australian an actor. Um, and I'm assuming that was because of obviously everything that happened with COVID and you wanted to be back up in Sydney with your beautiful yeah. wife and, and daughter. That like must have been a hard decision, mm. I imagine, but um, obviously the right one to do. Like It's a no-brainer. Did you really like – do you – do you miss the show? I mean, acting is something that is always going to be part of your life anyway. How did you feel when you actually I left? I miss the team. I really yeah. miss the team. Um, I only had a month to go. Like I did know I was going, I did decide to leave because I wanted to have a baby. And it happened when I made the decision. We literally found out we're pregnant the next month. So I was like, bang, that was the perfect timing to, mm, yeah. to say I'm, I'm done. But then I had a month left and I was right in the thick of this storyline. I was in an affair storyline. So that was, it was kind of a contradiction because I had to have this affair during COVID with no kissing. So we had to sell this whole <laughs> affair with like, you know, from across the other side of the room. So, yeah. um, yeah, long story short, like I basically, because of the lockdown, the hotel lockdown, hotel quarantine and all that, I couldn't risk that to not be there for my wife. And that was going into the final trimester and, and only weeks away from when she was giving birth. So if she came early or some emergency happened, I'd be stuck in hotel quarantine. I'd rather be in LA because at least in LA, out of COVID times, you don't, it's only going to take you 24 hours to get back maximum. Yeah. Whereas yeah. this, if I needed to be there, it's like, right. I'll be there in two weeks. You know, it's just, it just didn't sit right with me. I'd already been stuck down there for a month. Yeah. And, but I was so concerned about how, you know what, it's like every single character's storyline revolved around my storyline at that time because it was my exit story. And there's no time to write that. Yeah. So luckily they got Don Honey who replaced me. It was a lot easier than having to rewrite within three days. So, but yeah, but it was so, I broke out in the biggest cold sore. I was so stressed about that decision. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they wouldn't have wanted me. I get cold sores <laughs> on my nose. And my nose, I looked like Rudolph. I was like, it's just big and red and swollen. It's disgusting. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, when you I say do. about, you know, what am I not good at? I'm not good at um, concealing cold sores. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a married man. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but, right, yeah. like stuff like that. <laughs> 
stuff like that would do stuff to your mental health, you know, when you make big decisions and, and it affects you yeah. physically and whatnot. But I know you're really, you're super fit and you're super healthy too. And that's a huge part of your life. And the spiritual side mm. of you as well is one thing I learned when you and I were filming. I mean, for instance, I know that you're very big on affirmations and whatnot and getting what you yep. focus on. Yep. And we had some really great conversations about that sort of stuff, which is a side that people would know about you if they followed you on Instagram, of course, or whatnot. But I really loved that about you. It showed that you have this great, like I said before, work ethic in the way that you focus on getting results with things like that. So any decision yeah. that you made, I'm, I know would have had an immense thought process. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm generally, I hope I'm not too selfish. I was so concerned about neighbors and how they would get around this, you know, like that was the stats, what stressed me out so much because I didn't want to put other people out. But at the same time, I didn't want to put my wife and my future kid in a yeah. position that I wouldn't, you know? So um, it was such a stress, but luckily they understood and then and it and it all worked out. So literally I think I told them on Thursday they had Don locked in by Friday and he was shooting Monday. He's so a great actor to too, isn't he? Don Hanny, like Yeah, that oh that's right. Great I actor, was very I was very worried. I'm like, yeah, if he steps in, everyone's gonna be like, Man, Tim did such a crap job because this guy's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll let everyone else be the judge of that. You go and watch. <laughs> oh, it's not going to be good if he gets a Logie for your role. He won't get the Logie. I, I mean, he's already. I think he's he's already got two Logies, and I think that that's <laughs> you know what. Come on, but come he's on. not a doctor, so you know it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Let's talk about Timbo. Like, and I hate this word, so please forgive me. But the journey of your twenties, because yep. like this is. I mean, this great thing with this show is I think I think talking to our twenty-year-old self, and you're a great example of this because you have had you've reinvented yourself mm -hmm. a few times if i'm correct using that terminology yep what's something that you know now that you wish that you knew in your 20s yeah well, kind of along those lines i think it is that you don't there's a few things but one of the main ones is you don't have to wear one hat so when i went through school you know my dad who was an accountant my mom was a nurse and you know you kind of grow up to be a something and when I, my first degree was in photonics and, you know, physics, it was the hardest light physics you could do. And I, and I, I got two thirds of the way through that. And I was like, I'm really kind of not enjoying this, but that's who I thought I was going to be. Mm -hmm. So then I had to really throw everything up in the air and change, moved away from Newcastle, moved down to Wollongong, spent three years down there, studied exercise science, thought, all right, that's who I'm going to be. Then I kind of was like, no, I'm still not really happy with this after finishing that degree. And then I was like, I really want to be a chiropractor. So then I changed and had to keep changing and converting and like, um, and, and changing and pivoting. And then when I got into doing stuff in the media, it was funny how people's like, opinion was hang on you're, you're a this why are you now doing this mm. and people were putting that on me and and it was funny like do i you know i went through this thing on socials like am i trying to do what people want me to be or can i just keep doing what i love doing which sometimes means moving and changing and not just doing one thing so so many people be hang on why aren't you a chiropractor why are you trying to do this why are you becoming an actor why are you doing whatever you know all the different things i was doing and um it's funny i and i really feel like that's one of the biggest things is you know you'll, you'll change and pivot throughout your life but the main thing is is to do what makes you happy and you got to think you know hopefully it can put a roof over your head and all that sort of stuff like hopefully it earns you quit as well but essentially do what makes you happy and don't think that you have to just be one thing. I think the old school, you know, more my parents' way of thinking was kind of you go to uni, you become one thing and you do it for 60 years of your life. So that's a big one. And then, and I think sort of 
from sort of almost under that as well is like back yourself. Um, you know, there's no one like when I used to, when I was growing up as a teenager, as a young 20 year old, I would look at people that I looked up to and just think, oh, there's no way I could ever be there. Like even take the, you know, the Logies, like watching the Logies, you look up and aspire to all these people and the thought of ever being there was just never happened. But if you, if you kind of set the goals, like the big goals here, and this is where you are maybe, but if you can find it sometimes seems so much of a jump to get from here to there. If you can set those little goals, gradually you work your way up. And that was really important. Like I remember like Men's Health magazine, I started buying that when I was 15. And I used to, I looked at the cover of those guys. And as a young guy, I was like, right, I want to be strong. I want to be fit. Don't need to be a big bodybuilder, but I want to be fit. And these guys look like they're just killing it at life. They're, you know, they're thriving. And, and I started um, doing all the exercises and looking at how they eat and educated myself. And, and then probably eight years later, I ended up doing a cover for Men's Health. And I just never have thought that thing would ever, you know, I'd ever be there. And then I ended up doing, I did two covers for the US and it's kind of turned, you know, I ended up doing about 30 covers around the world. So from this like kid from wow. Newcastle who, um, you know, used to read all the those men's health magazines and that was, that was who I aspired to, I think gradually I started getting more and more self-belief, 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 and then putting myself in a position where that may happen. It wasn't necessarily, I wasn't training to be the dude on the cover of men's health, but it kind of came out of, you know, what I was doing. So yeah, I think they're the, the big things. Back yourself, believe in yourself, um, set small goals that will get you to those big goals that seem so far away and never belittle yourself to anyone because the difference between you and someone you look up to is Probably, possibly skill, which you can learn if you with hard work. Sometimes they've had better opportunities, means you just got to work harder. But aside from that, there's not much difference. And I, those things, yeah. you know, if you're willing to do the work, I can, can, I, I, you I'm, can get there. I'm a firm believer in that too. Give me someone with motivation over natural talent any day because, mm. you know, you can teach talent, you can teach people to do things and you can learn to do things, but you can't learn motivation. You're either motivated or you're not. Mm, I like that too. Yep. And and I think what Tim was talking about as well, even with the cover of Men's Health, is like that, that perfect amalgamation of manifestation and getting what you focus on and it coming to you but with, mm. with work. And Okay, Tim, I have this theory in life, right? But I think that the way you do it will be better than mine. So I have this thing and I annoy Justin with it, that if you do three things a day, honey, help me with my mask. If you do three things a day to work oh, towards I your goals, this. that's 20 on. <laughs> Shut up. Let me start again. Three things a day. That's 21 things a week. Yeah. That's 86 mm-hmm. things. No, that's 84 month. things. 80, okay, I was so close. But, you know, like if you do those little three things a day, it accumulates to 84 things a month. Um, One of those things is not learning math. <laughs> <laughs> Which can help or 85 you get to your goals. things per calendar month. Yeah, oh, something. See? Yeah. All right, now I've something like that. I don't know. No, I don't know. Eighty-seven things per calendar month. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I onto something with that? Can you give a better practical way to achieve goal? Like, do you write stuff down? Is it? I mean, do you? I write stuff down. That helps me. But yeah, it was, I was just like watching a thing with like The Rock. You know, The Rock this morning, and he just said, you know, it, it kind of related to this. He's like, you know, even on your Sundays, it's good to have the time off. Sometimes, like, you still got to do a little bit of work on your Sundays. He was in the gym, whatever, and he's like, because a lot of people aren't doing any work. On a Sunday, if you do a little bit of work on a Sunday, you're slowly going to get ahead of everyone yeah. else. So, just an example, you know. So, I think um, 
yeah, sometimes I'm really diligent with things like that. Sometimes I'm not. I'm really good at kind of balancing, keeping account in the back of my head in a way with, yeah. with whatever it is, whether it's food, you know, like I don't count calories, but I kind of, in the back of my head, I know if I've been pretty good today, by the end of the tonight, I might splurge a bit or whatever, you know, I don't know. I keep count of yeah. that. I keep track of that. I keep track of, you know, finances in the back of my head. I'm not just like, yeah, you know, so yeah. all those things, I've always been good at balancing, keeping track of my head, but then sometimes it's really good to get into the habit of writing things down, writing your goals. Um, I've used vision boards before, which I think mm. I found really, really powerful. Um, having something that you look at every day, is really good. Um, just this year, I bought this journal and you write down, you know, three tasks you're going to do that day, three things you learned that day, three things you've given gratitude for that day. You do it in the morning, then you do it again at night, slightly different, but that repetitive of like one, seeing things, you know, ticking things off, feeling like you've achieved something for the day, giving gratitude for the day, for the things that happened, putting a few little notes about what you need to do tomorrow, that's really important. So you're not going to bed thinking about tomorrow because you've already written down what you need to do the night before. Mm, So, But once Mm. you get into a good kind of rhythm of that, I don't necessarily need to write it down. But for someone who's never done it before and doesn't, their brain doesn't think like that, I think having, you know, putting pen to paper can really help. Look, there's a, there's a speaker by the name of Brian Tracy who I absolutely love, and he's very much on goals. This is That's his thing. Do something every day towards your goals, and you'll reach it a lot faster than you actually thought possible. But the writing down thing actually is something. He talks about a, a, a study they did in um, with Harvard and Yale students, and the ones that mm. wrote down their goal and what they wanted to be, like the, the level that, uh, that actually achieved that was phenomenal compared to the ones who didn't mm. write anything mm. down, still went to the same school, still studied, you know, still got a great education, mm. but didn't go anywhere near achieving, you know, the, the success of what the other ones did. Yep, yep. I think that that comes down to, yeah, clarity. Like you may not necessarily need to write the daily, daily. I mean, it's good to have it, but if you don't have sight of that big goal, then yeah, it's really hard. You're just sort of finicky. So I really try where I can to have clear goals that are measurable and time-based. So that may mean, say it's, I want to lose 10 kilos. That's the measurable bit, measurable bit. Um, You need the time frame. I want to do it in 10 weeks. That's the measurable time-based goal. If you don't have that, then what do they say? A goal without a deadline is just a dream. So, you know, it'll just be a dream. It'll never happen. So it's really good to have measurable goals. So many people are coming in my clinic. They're like, you know, they'll write, all right, what are your short-term goals, long-term goals? They'll just be, I want to be healthier, want to be fitter. You know, what's that? How do you measure that? What is healthy? How do you measure it? What is fitter? You just hand them a copy what of men's to- health? <laughs> That's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my program. Here's the robot. But it's like, you know, so he's fitter. You want to be at what, what is it? And and if you can tie an emotional thing to that, does fitter to you mean, you know, you want to do this trip to somewhere, which, you know, two years ago you couldn't do, you had to stop halfway or, you know, because you could, you weren't fit enough to walk it. You couldn't get up the mountain or is it, you just want to be able to bend down and pick up the grandkids because at the moment you can't even do that. Or you get, you know, you spend an hour with them. You're too tired. You have to hand them back, you know, Mm. you you know, little things like that. So make it measurable, make it time-based and, um, and then go from there. And then when you hit that goal, make a new goal but then the super important thing is if we're constantly trying to chase goals 
what can happen, what we need to be careful of is that because we're, we're saying, right, this is where we want to be. It's almost like in our head, if we get here, we'll be happy. But until we get there, we're not happy. Or, you know, mm. you don't want to fall into that. You don't want to fall into subconsciously telling yourself where I'm at now is not good enough. I'm only good enough when I hit here. So mm. you got to really look at those small things you're doing every day. Every time you achieve something might be just literally going to the gym, might be just literally eating something good instead of bad when you had the choice, you know, reward, like just acknowledge to yourself and say, I'm mm. bloody killing it. I'm, mm. I'm on my way to this yeah. goal. And then when I get there, I'm going to set new goals. Yeah, those I little celebrations journey, yeah. are important, aren't they? Definitely. And if you do that thing mm. of, of dealing with specificity within your goals, like Tim said, I love that, you know, yep. being specific with what you want and chucking my, my theory of, what did I say again? 85 things a month. I can't remember what it was. Let's just stick with 84. <laughs> That's over four weeks. That's an easy way. And, and I think what Tim just said then, the the whole thing of being grateful and having gratitude for what you have at the time. Like, for instance, throughout my 20s, I always had this thing of, oh, you know, looking ahead, you know, and I had some great jobs. I mean, mm. even when I was on Home and Away, I was like, like, I love my job, but, you know, I can't wait till I'm in Hollywood or even with my career in radio. Oh, mm. but I can't wait for this too. Like there was just always this this very unhealthy thing of um, always, mm. you mm. know, and I'm a big believer in looking straight ahead, but I think you also have to pay homage to your present, like you just said, and, and it's a good reminder. I do something. it all the time. Mm. Yeah, all the mm. time. And I have to really pull myself back and – and just remind myself how lucky I am, how happy I am right now, and and that's it, you know. Mm, mm. Just you can, yeah. At the end of the day, you're only really living in the moment, so yeah, you just got to yeah. make sure you enjoy it. Selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When or, you were young. Or even little. Or even little, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if that was ever a case, yeah. like, I, I don't know, looking at you, I don't think that ever happened. But When you were young. I just, just popped you... out massive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your poor mother, oh my gosh. What did you think that you'd be in your 20s? When in my 20s, would probably... It's funny, when I was like at school as a teenager, I think I thought I was going to be a lawyer. And I don't know why. I think it was because it just sounded good. You get to wear a suit and, you know, you know they make a bit of money and they'll probably watch a few legal movies, you know, Tom Cruise in the firm or something like that. And, I love that. But then I went and did work experience. Yeah, I went and did work experience and I literally just had to sit and read all day. And they're like, that's what you do as a lawyer. I'm like, screw that. I hate that. <laughs> yeah. um, so I really, yeah, in my 20s, I probably like thought I'd study something but I didn't really know I just I was probably very unsure and that's um that kind of explained why I sort of threw myself I tried a bit of this tried a bit of that tried a bit of that some you know some people come out like I want to be this or I want to be a fireman or I want to whatever I really didn't know I was a little bit of a like kind of unsure kid just in you know like not not the most confident not the most um sure of himself I didn't love team sports 
Well, I wasn't total Nigel, but I just, I sort of did, but I didn't. I was just a bit of a nervous little kid sometimes, you know? So I think it took a while for me to find out who I was and find, build up my own confidence and things I enjoyed. Wow. And you would never think that. And, um, and I hate doing this because I don't like it when people are labelled. So please don't take this that I'm labelling you. But obviously mm. with the way that you look and your achievements and whatnot, and because you are so well-spoken and intelligent, it's, it's like, yeah, no, I can't really picture you having not a lack of confidence, but being that younger kid that had to sort of find the extroversion within, within himself, like being an extroverted sort of person I could see. But I guess I always... Yeah, I was kind of... I had that kind of mix. I was like the kid who played handball at school. Mm. But I really wanted, like I grew up in Newcastle and they just love rugby league and I used to love watching it and I really wanted to play, but I was part of the handball crew. I wasn't part of the job. I love that. Crew. The handball and crew is so cool. Yeah. So it, did we, you have jackets? My, and I, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we probably, um, we probably pulled our socks up high or something like that. I don't know. But, um, but I was also, I was kind of in all the, you know, the top maths and the top science class and stuff. And I, I just, none of the kids in my class were really in the footy team. It was kind of this contradiction, but I really wanted to play. So I think that's what got me into the gym first. I was like, right, I was 13. And I'm like, mum had a little home gym system. So I'm like, I want to start building myself up to be able to play. And so that kind of kicked that off for me. And then I built up strength and a bit of size. And I had guys, I'd run into guys bigger than me, but they were soft. Whereas I had muscle and it was a bit different and mm-hmm. I could take it. And I sort of, so then I started, you know, by the time I was 15, I was kind of like the the handball kid, but then I could go off and play with the jocks and I'd, you know, I could go and sit with the jocks if I wanted to <laughs> call them jocks, mm. they weren't total jocks, but you know, the football <laughs> groovers the, you know, kids, yeah. and I had that balance, but then I still, I still, you know, I, I must from something from an early age, I must've put a lot of pressure on myself to do well because I used to cack myself all the time going out on the field and put that pressure on myself to do really well and um that's why i don't know that's why i used to really kind of like but hate team sports like i liked it but i hated having to be responsible maybe to other people or you know i don't know something like that was a bit Look, if it makes you feel yeah. any better, Tim, I used to shit myself playing handball. So <laughs> I used to be scared of the ball coming at me. I loved handball. I seriously loved it. Mate, if I was playing against you, you would have been back in the day. Oh. <laughs> oh, the the, the oh. backhand. Whoa, yeah. Oh, yeah. Through the legs, everything. Yeah, Between I could just imagine. The legs, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, I, I know your kind. No worry. Now, the what? one-handed fakie, you know, the, the follow-through. Oh. The, the, you know, the, all the, uh, <laughs> and if you could just land it on the line, that was the uh, perfect shot, wasn't it? If you could just get it there, because they'd have yeah, to yeah, second yeah. guess whether or not whether to hit it or not. So, yeah. Anyway, let's move along from handball, and let's move you into your thirties now, Tim. All right. So when you yep. uh, when you turn thirty, and that is a milestone birthday for all of us, what did you find out that actually debunked a myth of your twenties? You know what? There's kind of two things that contradict themselves a little bit um when i when you know when i was a teenager when i was 20 i used to think of people in their 30s and just think man they're old you yeah know, so like old. they're mm. they're over the hill Whew. once yeah. you're there you, you you pretty much married house all that you know and then just life's the fun bit of life's over but then at the same time i think i thought like i'd see people talk about you know once you're 30 thing bits of your body start falling apart and 
you know, I was kind of training well. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, no way. You know, I'll be, um, I'll be still running around on the touch field till I'm 50. I'll be you playing know, handball, playing handball, yeah, um, yeah, all that, playing <laughs> handball, yeah, exactly. And um, so those two things kind of flipped when I hit my 30s and literally started feeling all those niggles. Mm. Have to mm. work five times as hard, but then at the same time, in my head, I still feel like I'm 20. So yeah. that's the the big one. I think is just thinking like when you hit 30, all of a sudden you don't just. Like some people maybe, um, maybe a little bit where I grew up. <laughs> you know, I think I've I, in my head. I still think like I'm just starting life still. Yeah. Like, and I think because I am like starting new things. Only, you know, acting was a fairly new thing for me. Um, only up until a few years ago, and different businesses, different things I try, all these different things is so new. I just keep changing um, all the time, which keeps me young and fresh, I think. And then also probably delaying, like I was 37 when I had L. Mm-hmm. So maybe delaying that kept me a little little younger. I don't know. Yeah. Definitely. I know now well, I feel like, you know, kids can age you a little. Oh, God, of course they can. I'm almost about to go grey. And I tell you what, like, it's interesting to hear a guy say the same reservations about career like for instance women i know as a woman you know that when i was getting into my 30s i was so scared that i could no longer have a career if i had kids when i was 30 31 Mm. the whole thing of like marriage and and babies and whatnot like i didn't shy away from but i guess you sometimes as a woman and i'm generalizing again forget that things like parenthood and career changes can be daunting for guys too and maybe that's just because of the times that we live in where i think women are always you know like oh men are fine men can reinvent themselves whenever and it's all fine and women we can't do that but i think it's really good to normalize that because it is a very normal thing like mm-hmm. that you know i don't think reinvention is a male thing only though no no what i mean is that i think that women sometimes feel like that we won't have the same opportunities mm. to, to redo that you know or we sometimes feel alone sometimes i think if we are the ones that have to yeah for you know because we're sometimes well we're the ones that have one of the fra- well one of the phrases i've used in this podcast previously is i'm 47 years old and i still don't know what i'm going to be when i grow up and uh, Mm, There's nothing yep. wrong with that, I don't think. I mean, you should be allowed to mm. reinvent. Age Definitely. age is a number. Like, you should be allowed to reinvent at any time. doesn't mean that I don't enjoy what I'm doing now or what I've done in the past, to, you know, to get me to here. Mm. Mm. But still think there's things for me to achieve out there and things to try and things to sort of, you know, define who I am other than just what I've done up until I'm 47. Yeah. And you learn that as you get older. Yeah. I think that comes in, you know, if you if you play it safe throughout your life and you never step out of your comfort zone, you never really expand. You don't learn. You don't build up that self-belief. So the thought of trying something new would be so scary. It's just safer to stay where you are and work in the same job, doing the same thing. Yeah, and, it, and the thing is, I guess, as you get older too, you get more responsibilities and the more kids you get, more financial responsibility, you got all that. And it is riskier to like make changes but if, you know, I think that's a big thing in your 20s. If you can take the risks, build up that self-belief and do those things while you're not too responsible to too many other people other than yourself, mm. I think that's really important yeah. to really try and do that. But at the same time, you know, uh, yeah, you got to kind of back yourself in your 30s and your 40s just the same, you know. Yeah. Is, it, is it that you, you know, some people in their 30s and 40s have, different skill bases or is it purely they have a different belief system that enables them to reinvent themselves? I think, you the, know? Quest- I I think the question you've got to ask too is uh, not, not 
how risky is this if I want to do this? It's how possible is this? You know, if it's actually possible for you yeah, to, to yeah. do something, then the risk factor, you know, everything we do is risky. We're risky, risking our lives when we cross the street at the end Especially of the day. Especially if you're driving, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's separating driving. Logic, so logic and emotion. Yeah, you and know, that's, and that's the thing. If you can logically break it down, yeah, we're driven by emotion. But if you can logically break it down, that little logical man or woman in your brain can kind of come in and go, right, here's it out, I've spelled it out for you. There's no reason why you can't do this, you know, but if you, if you're someone who really lives in that emotional space and you fail to kind of check in, in the logical space, you've, you know, you'll, you'll miss those opportunities. You got to have the balance, but if you're so too balanced emotional, you'll mm-hmm. just, you'll be so freaked out and scared and never try it. So you got to find that right balance. Absolutely. Right. If you're super logical, then yeah. you, know, you might need the emotional to drive you to go, right, I'm so over this, I'm done, I'm moving on. Yeah. That's All right. right. Well, talking about advice then, what was the yeah. best or worst piece of advice you were given in your 20s? It could be one, it could be the other, it could be both. Probably one of the guys I went and saw, um, uh, do you know D Martini? Have you ever heard of John D Martini? He's a he does he's a speaker and he's got like you know he does this thing called the breakthrough experience. He travels around the world, does like I think forty weekends of the year. He does this course all around the mm. world. He does then ones between anyway. So he he has this kind of whole system of um, really like if you break it down, it really comes down to balancing out things. So his whole thing is he's like when you look at the world, everything is this equal and opposite action reaction you know an atom has a negative and a positive charge everything's balanced and if you look at the world in a like it's unbalanced then you set yourself up for things like depression and um, anxiety and blah 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 so you know it's like saying that there's never a door opens without another door closing there's Mm. you know never the bitter without the sweet there's never pain without pleasure if you are expecting that in the future everything in your life will be pure pleasure then you're setting yourself up for disappointment you know for because there will be pain life is pain and pleasure and you know you wouldn't appreciate one without the other so i think that one of the things that i've when I, whenever i have a situation that i'm perceiving as why is this happening to me why is this this is so bad this is the worst thing in the world you know poor me I, you know, that's the initial reaction. Then I look at it, I've got to pull back and I've got to break it down and go, okay, say, I don't know, like when, when my mom, if I use the example, when I was a teenager, my mom was sick for many years and I could look at that situation knowing what I know now and just be like, this is so bad. It's pulling me down. I can't do all the things I want to do. I want to go out. My mom's sick, got to stay at home, got to go to the hospital, got to do all these things. And just feels like negative, 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 poor me. But then when I look back, you go, okay, what were the actual positives? Because it's so easy. We write down all the negatives. What are the positives? The positives were, I learned to be self-sufficient. I learned compassion, empathy. I had to learn to look after my little sister. I had to work harder it gave me a work ethic it made me learn about health and fitness how not to get sick like my mum. it taught me um how to you know like how to kind of stay strong when when things were stressful it taught me all those things so when you actually write down when you really look at a situation and you force yourself to really force yourself to find the, the positives you balance it out and then it just becomes okay this situation like it just 
is instead of it being instead of your emotion being either really charged negatively or positively same if someone if someone does something to you that you just friggin pisses you off to mm. you know at the initial point you're like you know f them <laughs> you can say fuck you can right. say it um yeah <laughs> um i've never used that language in my life, no. <laughs> yeah but, no yeah, never. Say, i've never heard you <laughs> but when you um when you when you go okay look i need to calm down what is the negative what is the positive that's going to come out of this and you force yourself and sometimes it's not there right then you'll see it later but it kind of every situation always balances itself out so i find that I deal with getting around things like I get depressed. I don't stay in depression long because I use this. I get anxious, but I don't stay in it long because I pull myself out of it with this. So finding that balance, pulling the balancing out the positive and negative. It's even just like a, like a, a person. If I look up to Arnold Schwarzenegger and I list all the positive things of him and I've got him on a pedestal, I go, hang on. What if, if I want to bring him down to my level, which essentially brings me up to his level. I go, what are the negative things about him? I blindside myself to them. You can do it with a partner. You know, when you first get with someone, you're like, oh my God, they're so amazing. They do this, they do that, they do that. You're just blindsiding yourself to the negatives and, and accentuating all the positives. But, you know, they say true love. When you say you've been with them for a couple of months, a couple of years, and now all of a sudden you're like, you know, they bloody smell, they don't take the rubbish out, they don't do this. You're sometimes then blindsiding yourself to the positives and you're just amplifying the negatives. They say true love is when you you have an equal respect of both. So, you know, someone is, they're always going to have those little nitty things that piss you off, but they're also going to have really nice things, you know, if mm. you can find that. If you find you're trying really hard and they're still like that, then move on. <laughs> that is such good advice, though. I mean, and I loved how you said just then something just is. You know, like it just it just is. Good, bad, nor indifferent, it just is. That's something I wish I knew yeah. in my twenties. You know, I had this this ridiculous notion just to react. I would something would happen and I wouldn't think. I would just jump and I would be adamant yeah. I was making the right decision. If even if it came down to me changing my life in in a huge capacity, uh, I was always adamant that 24 hours of thought was plenty of time. But you're right. If you just with your feelings and you go into the the sweet and the sour and the blessed and the bitter and 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 you experience both sides of that spectrum and you can get comfortable doing that i think it is really good for our mental health for a start and it's something even i try and um apply to my life next to writing things down and just taking that that breather before we react and i'm going to keep in mind what you said just then about being blindsided by negatives and blindsided by positive, particularly, particularly my marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a nice way. Oh, you're going to get blindsided. <laughs> Don't worry. I've got some surprises for you. <laughs> it's such good advice. And um, and I know that because I know that mental health is obviously something I know that you're passionate about that too. And particularly the things that you've learned in your own life. I mean, even talking about your mum, what she went through. I hate using this term too, so please forgive me. But I reckon you definitely would be a role model for a lot of people because you're speaking with, you know, authenticity and giving great advice about, you know, practical you know tools what? you yeah. can apply to mental health. It's been really good. And, that, and I guess being the, I've kind of been forced to do that because a lot of people come into me as a, as a, as a chiropractor and yeah. they've got physical pain in their life, but they've also got a lot of mental, emotional pain 
that is related and unrelated. Sometimes people's mental, emotional stresses manifest into physical things. And sometimes physical things, if you've had back pain for long enough, you'll go nuts and you'll, yeah. you'll turn, you know, you'll get depressed because of many different things that there's not an exact straight mechanism, but if you even just got back pain, you can't do the things you used to do, feel like someone's taking something away from you. That's going to get, you know, it's going to depress mm. you to a certain degree, not to give you full blown depression, but you'll get depressed because you're, mm. you're missing, you know, so part of my job is really to get my the best thing i can do in the clinic is not like you know some great massage work or some great exercise or a big crack it's it's helping that person up here in their brain to have to change the way they think and that if i don't do that and i just go and crack them you know bang bang away you go they're just going to come back again next week might you know help me buy a big boat but really i'm not <laughs> if you're open so i don't sleep at night yeah so i don't i don't sleep at night but um yeah. but i think you know that's um that's so important but the, the thing that really is a challenge for me now is because i've found a pretty good way to deal with a lot of this stuff generally it's no good for acting so my brain that's how my brain works as an actor you're playing a character who's crap at that stuff Usually yeah. the characters we want to watch mm. are the ones who are just struggling at life. You don't want to watch the guy who's got it all and has got no issues. You want to see the one who's yeah. having mm. to struggle to make us feel better about our own lives because this guy's life's so shit. <laughs> so, and you that's know, the so fun acting, when, you know. That's where you get to yeah, do stuff. And obviously people exactly. different. So how are you going? Well, it's like- so hard for my brain. Like when when I if I'm going to play character and these are the challenges, my brain tries to balance it out and get rid of the the heightened emotion. But in a scene, you need the heightened emotion. So it's been a struggle for me to kind of let that go and go, okay, I have to get really sad. In my real life, I don't let myself go too far there. Or I have to get over the top, you know, I don't know, happy or like, you know, if I'm, I'm if I'm playing a drug addict, I've got to be like, I need that drug so bad, you know, whatever it is. So it's posed a challenge for me in that side of things. So I find that really challenging. I'm getting better at it, but um, that's quite a challenge. Because it's all about acting, like mm. reprogramming your mind and doing it all the time with a different character and then the different mm. mood that the character is in. But you can, you'll be able to, to upkeep that. You're a strong guy. It's not even about being strong. It's just about knowing how to utilize your own mind. Which but I think self-awareness, and self-awareness, self-awareness is, is a big thing. I mean, you're obviously going into it very much self-aware. That makes it a, a lot more achievable, really. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like a lot of us, we've got so much technology that does stuff for us where life's pretty fast-paced. We forget to just sit back and be in ourselves and be aware mm. of ourselves. Yeah, Look at ourselves in the mirror in a, in a good way and just being in touch with how we're actually feeling. You know, a lot of us, we all those little aches and pains, we just block out until we're that bad that it's so far gone. You know, it makes my life really hard. When I'm, you know, go, I'm all here, fix this. It's like, haven't have you not? What, how have you not noticed this beforehand? Or you know, yeah. someone comes in with some funky foot disease, and you're like, how have you not noticed this on your foot? Like, mm. you know, a lot of us can do with becoming a lot more self-aware. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But on the note of acting, I could see you playing a lawyer. You know how you talked about it interests you at first? You could yeah, do yeah, yeah. that Matt McConaughey thing. What's that movie with Matthew McConaughey? The Lincoln that? Lawyer. The Lincoln Lawyer. Yeah, yeah, I can see all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah, write I it down. I watched one of his old ones. I was, I was reading his book, The Oh, how Green good Lights, is it? And yes, Green yeah, Lights. The greatest book I've read so in a good. long time, yeah. And, and the audio book, yeah, I've got so to say good. this just quickly, is that nobody else could ever read that audio book. 
Only McConaughey himself yeah, can nah, read that. It was it was the yeah. best. I love that. But he he talks about some you know his early career, and I find him so inspiring. And one of the early movies he did, I forget the name, but he plays a lawyer. It yeah. was like his second big movie, or his th- it was the one with it was with Sandra Bullock, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Sandra right. Bullock, it's a John Grisham novel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was like just seeing him tackle that. I was like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah. I got I to I up my game, don't I? But without giving too much away for, for that, for people who haven't, if you haven't listened to that audio book or bought the book, you've got to go out and get it. It's called Green Lights. But the um, uh, how he actually got that role and how he had to put himself out there as well in order well, to... Well, he was told no. Yeah. Because he was told yeah, no. Yeah, they were yeah. never going to put an unknown in that role. Um, but he just yep. fought for it and he got it. Which is a phenomenal story. I can't, I can't speak and, highly enough of him, you know. And he said that he had to go yeah, away. Yeah. He had to be forgotten to be remembered. And I still remember that. Yeah. Like, you know, he was being offered like $14 million to do more rom-coms. And, and before mm. he did Dallas mm. Buyers Club, he's like Dallas Buyers Club, he won an Academy Award for that. Uh, and he said, no, I'm not doing yep. comedy. I'm not doing comedy. And they left for two years, left Hollywood. Like he said, he got forgotten to be remembered. And I thought this is advice that I think is applicable, can always be applicable um, to anybody, no matter what their career, no matter what their age, if you really want to do something, it doesn't have to be about money if you can reprogram your mind to get yourself comfortable and you believe yep. it. Well, hey, you know, everyone else willing time. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll be on set. He came one day from nothing, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I know he so- um he came from nothing, and just to go from from that yeah. and and to build that up, it came through self belief. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, he's got it. He's got maybe it. Maybe a bit of my. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, he's not a doctor yeah, though. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, he wanted to be yeah. a lawyer. McConaughey wanted to be a lawyer, and always thought going through school that that's what he was going to be. Mm, yeah, it's funny how like when you, I don't know, acting has this cool thing where it just grabs you though. You can't you can't fight it when it grabs you. It just freaking grabs you no matter what you do, no matter how old you are. And the cool thing is, you know, you can just go and, and be an actor and play different characters. Maybe in time if I'm lucky. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. I need LA to open up. A little escape um, from reality. Yeah. But Timbo, just quickly, the Robards Method, where can people sign up for this and how can people get involved with it? And it's all about, am I correct? It's all about the fitness side of thing, but the food side of thing. Yes. It's about what goes into our body. Yeah, and a bit it's of an the three thing. pillars, how to, yeah, how to move right, how to, how to eat better and, and how to feel better as well. So a little bit of the mental emotional side of things. Um, and part of that will just, will simply come, like even the, the mental emotional stuff will yeah. just come from eating better and moving better, but then taking some of the things that I've talked about tonight and thinking better. So basically, um, yeah, the, the robotsmethod.com, that's uh, that's my website. And there's a whole program there where you can use, we use Olympic rings. So kind of like the TRX thing. So basically you can set them up in your backyard and garage, down the park. You don't have to go to a gym. And I've created a program that basically emulates all the machines you'll get in the gym but through these rings. So, but you can, if you love going to the gym, you can still go to the gym and use your rings at the gym. But I just wanted something that it takes you through. This is one of the things that I learned. Yeah. As if going back, if, you know, if my 20 year old self, you know, sorry, my 30 year old self would tell my 20 year old self something, it would be from a strength point of view, move your joints through a full range of motion and it's like strength through a full range of motion. So, you know, you go to the gym and you see people kind of bench pressing and they're just going from, you know, like here to here type of thing. I don't know if you can see me here, but um, when you start to challenge yourself and you push like doing a lunge, instead of just keeping your you know, knee at 90 degrees, actually push that knee right over that toe. The stuff we were told not to when I was growing up, move your, you know, doing that safely with, you know, start with body weight, then build that up. That is the best way that I've found to build a foundation that is, less injury prone 
that is better performing. You look at what a lot of the athletes, the sports guys and that are doing the top professional athletes, they're doing this stuff now. And it's only just started coming out more and more. That's kind of what I've put into this program. And that's one of the things as well. If you're a 20 year old, then you don't have to get on my program. You can, but it's <laughs> learn, push yourself. Yeah. The yeah. strength through length not just sitting in stretches, actually add strength in those stretches. And, and that's, yeah. So that's that the robots method. There's a physical program. There's a, um, there's a nutritional program and there's the mental health side of things as well. I love that. And you are so much young, like you're so much stronger in your twenties. You have no idea how much strength and time you have as well. Yeah, you get to 47. <laughs> and you, you talked earlier about yeah. uh, how your body just starts to do things uh, and your mind, you know, you can be young. I, everyone knows I'm young, you know, uh, I'm, I'm very young at heart. I like to yeah. think so anyway, yeah. very youthful, but the body, no. Oh, no, no, don't no, be no. silly. I just married you. It still moves. Me. I've still got on my limbs. Everything still moves. Everything still works where I need it to work. And uh, it just hurts sometimes. Well, then I think you need to sign up for Tim's program yeah. in the nicest way. Because I want you to stick around for a while. Because you get to 40s and then you go, oh, my gosh, like I'm still young. But, hey, I need to probably look after myself a bit better. I mean, I'm not in my well, 40s good. yet. And if but... you've never done some of this stuff, I think it's still good to have, you know, you want to have physical goals. Uh, it may not be it's not necessarily about, you know, the more my goals, don't when when you're younger you want to look a certain way you're all about being interested in girls or guys whatever you do and, you know but as you get older you start to you want to feel a certain way you want to mm. move a certain way it becomes less about how you look and how you feel and so those goals turn into you know uh, they might be i want to be able to bend over and touch my toes i want to be able to you know box jump this height like little things like that not so much i want to have a six pack and i want to mm. have big delts it's um it changes and so some of the stuff even when you're 47 you could set goals for things that you couldn't even do in your 20s you still have the ability for something some things kind of you know we hit a point it is really hard to get back there but some things you could you know balance things whatever they are i think it's so important to set these goals i love to challenge like i got my little brother he's only 26 or 27 now um so there's 11 and a half years difference and i love like he's fit and strong but i still love to kind of you know there's a few things where i'm like hey can you do this no nah, didn't think so love that yeah. and particularly like um you know when you said looking after yourself i found that when i became a mum too i needed energy you know like like you just need energy when you're a parent it's exhausting keeping up with kids and certainly yeah. good well, um, life is exhausting yeah i know i it's know it's not even but... i mean you don't have to have kids to no, be exhausted that's not. the thing life do you find that that's kind of a mental thing as well, that exhaustion a lot of the time, and you can actually talk yourself out of that? I think if you're doing, if you're filling your life with things that aren't aligned with your top values, like your top values, and you're doing things, say you're working for someone to help them achieve their values, but your work, yeah, pays the bills, but it's not aligned with your values. Mm. All those things exhaust you. When you are doing, when you've aligned your life to be doing things that are part and aligned with your top values, it just fills you with energy and you, you you don't want to stop. You know, it's like, like Christy, when you, do, you know, if you're in a role or you get that job and you, you're so passionate about the acting, you'll find time, you'll stay up late, you'll learn your lines, you'll get to work, you know, you'll, you'll do it. It's just, um, but yeah, when we definitely, there's, there's times we've got to do stuff, we've got to work for the man at times and you've got to, you've got to knuckle down and, and do some of the things and, and study some of the things you don't really want to do to get where you want to go. But that's when you feel exhausted. I think when you're constantly doing things for other people that aren't aligned with your own values, but if you can switch them and get most of them, then you'll find you'll get more and more energy. Dr. Tim Robards, thank you so much for joining us on Talk 30 to Me. We'll catch you next week. I'm Christy Hayes with my husband, Justin Coombs Pierce. See ya. Mm. 
This podcast is produced by Just In Case Entertainment. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.